0: You are listening to the Soul Align Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host Tina Stinson, and today we are having an exciting guest on, my friend Joy from The Divorce Confidant. After a difficult divorce and her struggle with depression, Joy learned to find her confidence, step out of her comfort zone, and rebuild a new life. Along her journey, she realized there had to be a better way to navigate the dramas of divorce. Now, as a retired police officer and divorced mom of two college-age kids, she turned full-time to divorce and life coaching to be the resource that she wishes she had, and helps women take the stress out of divorce. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello, Joy. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
1: Hey Tina, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm really excited that we can have this discussion, like this open discussion um, this afternoon.
0: Yes, me too. Tell me about what you do, how you got there, and how you help your clients.
1: Sure, sure. So um You know, my name is Joy Bartholomew, and I have a company called The Divorce Confidant. With that, I do divorce coaching for professional women. So as women are going through their divorce process, as they're learning to co-parent, and they're moving on to that single life, uh, a lot of times they're not really sure. They don't have the clarity of how to really navigate this process really well. So I come on to support them as part of their divorce team, really to help them get clarity in the process and help them set up systems in um, their co-parenting and their single mom life. So this all started because I got divorced several years ago. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have a good support system. And my divorce attorney was, we did divorce and mediation, but my, my collaborative attorney, my consulting attorney was, had no bedside manner. Um, I really didn't feel supported. I didn't feel like I was getting good guidance. I was getting good legal, but not good guidance. And I felt like there was this gap. And so Come to find out there's this divorce coaching, uh, and I just stepped into that role because there is this space where I think a lot of women are getting lost. Mm -hmm. So my goal really was to step in and be that resource, honestly, that I wish I would have had all those years ago, and to help make the process a little bit more smooth.
0: Oh, my God. Can I just tell you? Yes. Like, that's exactly what I could have used when I was going through a divorce, Um, and I, I, I think about that over and over again, how much different it could have been, how much more pleasant and how much, how much more smooth it could have went. You know, if I just had that, it's such an, like a, it's such a scary time and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's also, you feel very alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and the guidance is there, it just isn't there. Like you just really don't know what to do next. So I can't, I, I just feel like it's, Something that's very highly, highly needed. I would
1: have loved to have it. Yeah, and I find that it, you know, this process moves faster. It moves with less emotion. Um, It can be a little less expensive because you're not going to your attorney all the time. Um, But, you know, you go to your aunt Sally, who got divorced 20 years ago, and she's like, well, this is what I did. And that's what you know is from the people around you rather than maybe some really current information or that personalized help.
0: Oh yeah, I could I could relate to that. I remember uh, me and my ex husband reached a point where I finally said to him, "Listen, these attorneys are making a fortune off of us. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 come to an agreement here, <laughs> so that we could just move forward, please." Oh my god. So yeah, I could see like it's is it a little is there a little mediation in there and stuff like that
1: going on? So yeah, you know, like sometimes I help them decide. Um, I had a client who was like, "Well." I'm not really sure how much she was the breadwinner. And she was like, I don't know how much I should be paying him out. And I'm like, well, you got to find what your gut feels good with. Like write some post-it notes with certain increments of amounts on your mirror and stare at it for a couple of days. Feel which <laughs> one aligns with you. And then you can go to your attorney and say, you know what? This is the level I feel comfortable with. Like don't let them rope you into things. Like it's learning how to take control of your divorce. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't mediate the, the actual pieces, but I help them kind of figure out how they feel about some of these things and bring that out. So when they do go, they have some strength when they're talking to their attorney and they're just not railroaded into things.
0: Oh, exactly. Because it's such an emotional situation. And mm-hmm. so when you're going into each situation, like every time you meet with your attorney, every, every, every time you're talking about a different thing that pertains mm-hmm. to the divorce, it's emotional. And you're going in there in a state of like, like, oh my God. And, it, and it, you don't have the ability sometimes to slow down And really contemplate what you should do. And I could see how that could be super valuable. Like you said, (laughs) save you a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of stress for everybody. So like reduce the stress in it.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things, it's managing those emotions. It's managing that roller coaster of emotions before you even get in there. So you're you've got clarity. And that's what it really comes down to.
0: Yeah, that's so important. I definitely didn't have that. I'm embarrassed to say that. I was just uh, reacting instead of responding Mm -hmm. most of the time.
1: 100%. I think we all did that. You know, if Mm -hmm. we were flying by the seat of our pants, Mm -hmm. we didn't know any better. We didn't have any other model to go by.
0: Yeah, I was terrified when I went through a divorce because I I was like, I have three kids, how am I gonna do this? Mm -hmm. You know, and I was just like, that's all I kept thinking about. And it would just spiral, I would just spiral into anxiety and stress. And and so it was really hard for me to focus on any kind of decision making. And I didn't really have someone to bounce that off of. I didn't have any friends or family members or anything. So it was very I did feel very alone. So I feel like that would have been helpful to me. Now I have, i am so curious about this. Do you ever work with men?
1: So I do, um, on a case by case basis. Yeah. I, uh, you know, if somebody refers a, a gentleman to me, that's perfectly fine. I, I don't have a problem working with men. Um, but it needs to really be a personal referral. Somebody that I feel, you know, is that conduit between that. I, I trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could totally understand that. Um, I think that, men run into like similar situations. Mm -hmm. That that women can also because I've I've definitely had some friends and and sometimes I remember saying to myself God I wish you were my ex husband it would have been a lot better you know (laughs) jeez you know the grass is always greener I guess so
1: (laughs) yeah and there are several um, I have contacts with several women and other gentlemen who are divorce coaches so if somebody comes to me and maybe we're not the right fit I definitely can um, give them a referral to somebody else who might really have a better working environment with them.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's really good because then, yeah, if it's not a really good fit and you could feel that, you could just refer it, move it forward to Mm -hmm. someone else. That's really nice. So um, do you use different types of self-care in your work? Like, for example, like boundaries or like we already talked about a little bit, like um, dealing with emotions and maybe some mindset work. Do you do a lot of that?
1: That's primarily, you know, that's a good part of what I do um, yeah. in, in regards to it. Because if you can't get the emotions on, in check, if you can't get those under control, then it doesn't matter what else is going on. You, you're not going to make good decisions. And so it's really, I always liken it to a snow globe, right? Mm-hmm. If you shake up the snow globe of emotions, all you can see is all of that stuff swirling around. Mm-hmm. You need to learn to manage all of that. You need to let that, that snowfall settle. Then you can see like that little house or that little image in that snow globe better. And then you can have better clarity on what to do about it. So really it's managing those emotions. It's utilizing a bunch of different techniques. And I, and I work with people before they go into their attorney's office or mediation, let's do some breath work, Mm -hmm. visualization, let's, you know, really, maybe you need to go on a nice long walk before. Maybe you need to go on a walk after, maybe you need to uh, journal after you get done with your meeting, your mediation, your attorney's office, and really just get those emotions out of your head, out of your body and onto paper. So there's a lot of different modes of self-care and boundaries that we definitely go through working with their habits to make sure that they're really in control. Hmm.
0: And I also think I, I think that's really excellent. And I love the idea of, like, you know, kind of uh, getting that energy out of your system before you go into a meeting. So like, say you have a little bit of anger, a little bit of anxiety or whatever, going for a walk and releasing some of that energy before you go into a meeting can really help you focus better. And I, I love the idea that what kind of mindset work do you usually do with people?
1: So mindset work, it's, it's a lot working on habits and it's, um, you know, working with them on creating their, their strengths, right? Like a lot of times they're coming into this feeling like a victim and I like to help them build their confidence. I like them to go from victim to victor Mm -hmm. because I want them to really be in control of this process. I don't want them to be blown by the wind and, you know, take this approach or the divorce attorney says to do this, or some financial person says that they need to give up something. Like, I really think that, you know, knowledge is key. Um, and to gain that knowledge, to gain that confidence. So I really do work on building that confidence with my clients. So they feel really empowered. When they go into these meetings,
0: yeah, I think that's really important. I could honestly um, say that when I was going through my divorce, I felt like the victim, and like even if you are a victim, it doesn't ever help to stay in that victim mindset because right. because you just you just don't get anywhere from that. And I can I can also tell you that I spent years in the victim mindset, Mm -hmm. years, years, because even after I went through my divorce, there were other things going on pertaining to the divorce that just lasted for years. And so I stayed in that victim mindset and I didn't even know I was there. I didn't even realize it. I just didn't have any guidance. So that thing I think is very powerful. And that kind of like leads me into another question I had, which is if there was like one thing that Mm -hmm. you could pick that would help most people going through a divorce, like whether it's a a mindset shift or, um, some type of self-care or whatever, um, what would it be? What do you think that that one thing that would be
1: helpful to most people? You know, going through this process, there's so, it's so multifaceted, right? Mm. Some people are, are stuck in the, in the, you know, I want to go back. Like they, they, waffle back and forth. They, some, you know, are in that denial phase. Some have the problems with the co-parenting or really grasping that single life that they're going to be stepping into because there's fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And I think that when there's that fear and uncertainty, that's when we kind of draw into ourselves and we're not really living at our best external life. And, and so I think that confidence is really the most important thing that I like working women through because I think that that gives them the power in all of those same categories like yeah like a great massage is good it you know can yeah. help bring down your stress and I'm never going to tell anybody not to go get a mani pedi right yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> but I think that there's that internal work I think that there is that peace of mind that you get when you have that confidence, you sit up straighter, you um, process things a little differently. You really just exude a whole different persona when you go into these places. And I think that that really can move you through the process faster and give you that confidence and grace and ease that you want through this whole thing. And coming on the other side, feeling that, you know, you've you've got the best decision in this process that you weren't taken advantage of and that you are ready and capable of moving on.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I could could see how that could just be so valuable because I remember when I was going through my divorce, if I ever had to go in and actually go to court, which did Mm -hmm. happen a few times, my ex's attorney used to bully me in the waiting room. He used to say things... He I remember him saying things about my job and my performance on my job and things oh like that. Oh yeah, he would That's just nasty. He would Well, he, <laughs> he was he wasn't a nice man. He really wasn't. No. But um it it worked because mm-hmm. I ha- first of all I was in that victim mode. I didn't have a support system. I was questioning myself like can I do this? You know, like so I was already had low self confidence, low self worth. And, mm-hmm. and I was going through all this by myself. And then this man does this in the waiting room before I go speak in front of a, a judge and everything. And I'm just like crying. I'm in tears mm-hmm. before I even enter the room. Having a, like a support system and even just a little bit of guidance would have been just so much more powerful. Like, you know, running through those you know, those different things you talked about earlier, like journaling, maybe going for a walk, maybe doing some visualization. Now, I'm really curious about that. What type of visualization exercises do you do?
1: So really, I try to do, uh, try to get the ladies to really see themselves at that, depending on the situation, see themselves at that court table. Mm -hmm. Right. See themselves sitting up straight, seeing them, them presenting the information, seeing, you know, working with their breath. Like, how is it that you're breathing? Are you breathing deeply? Are you have, are you hyperventilating? How is it that your body is responding to this? Mm -hmm. Um, So that way they can take that visualization. They can practice that visualization over time before they even walk into that courtroom, before they mm-hmm. walk into that mediator's office. And they can, they can, they've practiced it in their head. Yeah. So now doing it in real life is so much easier because it's not, they haven't been re, been on repeat for that victim mode. They've been on repeat for that confidence mode.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: gives them um, a little bit of background in practicing that to step into who you want to be in that time and space. And maybe it's in co parenting. Maybe it's um, in your job. Maybe it's as a single mom. Like, I got this. I can run everybody where they need to go, still fix dinner, you know, and into that dating life.
0: Oh, oh yeah. who do
1: I want to become? Right. When I, if, if and when, when and if I decide to start dating again, because. Yeah you know, we don't, we weren't meant to spend life alone. We weren't meant to just, you know, get divorced and put ourselves up on a shelf. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot for us to give, and we still want that companionship. And it's really, how do I want to be in a relationship rather than just running headlong into something and making a complete disaster of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, and you know what, you know, um, with the visual, visualization, we rehearse so many things in our life, like when we're going to take a test, what we're do, we're doing, and like I didn't even think of doing something like that before. And it's before I went into like the courtroom, and it's such an important matter. I'm just so surprised that it's not something that is normally done. You know, I wouldn't even think to do that, and it's it's brilliant. I think it's just fabulous.
1: And I didn't think to do it back when I was getting divorced either. I was yeah. getting intimidated by my ex mm-hmm. you know, at, at the, at the mediation table and my, our mediator let it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, And I'm like, I'm looking back now going, you know, she, cause she asked me, she's like, Oh, or, or do you guys make the same salary? Are you the same level at work? And he's like, well, no, she could have done this and she could have done that. And she could have blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Gosh. Oh my gosh! And and the media is like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, I'm like, who are you that you're not taking control of the situation? Yes, yeah, that's, that's supposed where, to be happening exactly, and that's where you, as um, the woman going into this, going through this, has to take control of that issue. The woman or the man, right? Yeah. Like you have to be able to. um, you know, manage those emotions to, to step into that space.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, and talking about like co-parenting, oh my (laughs) God, like you could probably have a a whole program just on co-parenting and how difficult it can be. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the things that you do with that?
1: Co-parenting, you know, really comes down to good communication. Yes. yes. It's, (laughs) And sometimes the best thing to do is not have phone conversations, in-person conversations. You know, you shouldn't be doing conversations through your kids. They're not, you know, the conduit to have those discussions. It's learning how to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like you we were talking about earlier, it's, it's, um, I, I usually help my clients work through the BIF, B-I-F-F, mm-hmm. um, brief, informative, friendly, and firm, and really get them utilizing a technique to have that good communication, um, but really set those boundaries in place. Like, you know, the, the text can get nasty. And like you were saying before, like you're going to react, not respond. Yeah. And it's getting them to learn to set it aside for a minute and learn how to respond to yes. those messages.
0: Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I um, talked about this before, but communication was, probably one of the things that I could not do with my ex. And (laughs) I learned very quickly though, and this makes sense, was that I couldn't have like a live conversation with him, whether it be in person or on the telephone, Mm -hmm. because I would be constantly interrupted and yelled and yelled at. And so I learned very quickly that it should be either email or text. And um, the funniest thing that worked really well to lighten up any conversation was using emojis, which I thought... (laughs) was just hilarious that it even worked. I was just like, okay, this is this is working, so I'm just going to do this from this point forward. And so learning what works with the communication. Mm-hmm. And like you said, very important, like very, very important, not to bring the kids into the conversation, which is so easily done because mm-hmm. you don't want to talk to them. They usually don't want to talk to you. So, um, But I can't even I, – when I see this happening – whether it be with friends or acquaintances, it just breaks my heart because um, that's the one thing that should be removed from the the divorce is the kids' involvement in any way, shape, or form, so that they're not um, you know entrenched in the the crazy emotions that are involved in it.
1: Yeah, and that's where it gets it, it gets hard because then they get resentful. Um, they don't want to be stuck in the middle there. And that's just not a good place to be. I was just at my daughter's softball game yesterday. And, and I got to say, my ex and I are actually pretty good friends at this point. And we communicate really well uh, in in most cases. Mm-hmm. And and it just made me, when you were talking about that, it just made me think, I was like, okay, my, my ex and I were at the softball game. We were sitting next to each other chit-chatting. Um, there were two other families there who are divorced, but they were standing together watching the game, chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. But there's one couple that always stands apart, right? Like they really don't have a lot of interaction. They're, they're, they're not bad, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't have a lot of interaction together. Yes. Um, and, and it's just interesting to see some of those dynamics as you come through, who's worked through this who hasn't, you know, who's gone through that process to make that conversation, maybe starting in text and then maybe working in person a little bit easier. So, you know, there's, there's these stresses that hopefully over time diminish, but I think there's this huge part of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, like we had our part, you know, as I had my part, he had his part, things happened. We're not married move on. Like I can't hold grudges forever. And I think that that allows people to move through this process easier as well. Just finding that heart of forgiveness. You don't have to wait for the apology. You don't have to say the words out loud. You don't have to send them a letter. You Mm -hmm. just have to learn how to forgive and let go of it. Don't let go of the lesson, right? Don't forget because you don't want to do that all over again. Learn the lesson, but forgive the person.
0: Yeah, I think forgiveness is huge. That was a huge thing for me to work through to help me also get out of that like victim mode. Because Mm -hmm. forgiveness really isn't about the other person. It's really about you and releasing you from that. And I think it's really powerful to, uh, it it took me, I'm not going to lie, it took me years, years (laughs) to forgive. Um, and yes, I could, after 15 years, I can be at an event or something like that with my ex and be friendly and be fine.
1: So (laughs) it has, it does take a while. I love these people. I forgave him yesterday. Why am I still, you know, not feeling warm and fuzzy towards him? (laughs) It takes a little longer than that. You just can't flip a switch. No, you can't. You um, can't. But it's a process. It is it's a it's a
0: it's a process. It's also sometimes difficult and I don't think a lot of people talk about this. It's difficult to forgive someone especially if they're still like coming after you or attacking you or hurting mm-hmm. you in some way. And so I think that's the most challenging type of forgiveness. And I run into this when I work with people like forgiving family members and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very difficult to forgive someone when they're still doing the action, you know, and, you know, that's been hurting you all along. So that's definitely a tricky process and that's what I was dealing with. And so I just kept doing every type of forgiveness process that I could to work myself towards that Feeling of oh god, I think I finally released this. Like, and I couldn't tell you the one thing that worked. Maybe it was just a combination of things. And um, so, do you do a lot of forgiveness work with your clients?
1: Um, depending, like, usually I'm working with them in the the heart of the divorce, and sometimes that takes a little bit more time. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely something you know for uh, for future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, contemplation and, and work, um, self-work, but usually we're just dealing with the nuts and bolts at the beginning. Yeah. Um, once they're separated and, you know, working in that single person as a single person, single mom, single dad, whatever, then I usually will work with them on that. But sometimes they're like, Oh, I got through my divorce. I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Oh, you know, and, and they've, they, they kind of move on to, to some other things, but you know, it's, it's definitely something that I bring up in the practice itself in the, um, in that process, even through the divorce.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important. And I could definitely, if you asked me to to practice some type of forgiveness while I was going through my divorce, I'd be like, excuse me. Like, like, yeah, that's not going to happen at that time.
1: It's too raw. It's too soon. It's too close to home. Like you need some time and some distance.
0: Absolutely. I think,
1: I think that's the better place to do it is a little further out.
0: Yeah. Like I think it's something that should happen before you start dating again. You started talking about dating again.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: how often do you get into that with your clients? Cause that's got to be interesting. I remember when I started dating again, it was very interesting.
1: Yeah. And we definitely, um, I definitely talk with my clients about it, you know, even before their divorce, right. They're legally separated. Maybe they've been separated a year, year and a half, two years. And it's just the process that is going on. But I'm like, you don't need to hold yourself back in life. You can move on with other things while this other legal issue is Mm -hmm. being taken care of. But, um, yeah, it's really trying to figure out what you want in that next stage. Right. It's, it's not getting hung up on brown hair, blue eyes, and, you know, he's a hottie. It's really yeah. like figuring out what those, I mean, that's always great if he does. I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to, I'm not, not going to tell anybody that that's, you know, overlook that. Yeah. Um, but it's looking at those characteristics. What are you really looking for? And it's being mindful of those red flags when they come up. Um, I have a, a girlfriend who's who's dating somebody, and she's like, "Yeah, well, he drinks a little bit, and um, he gets angry when he drinks." And I'm and I'm sitting there going, "You know, like feel like there's a neon sign over yeah. the head, or over <laughs> that, like
0: um, red giant flag, red,
1: yeah, giant red, red flag. Yeah, this is a forest of red flags. Yeah." Um, you know, and and he's a spender. She's not, I'm like, you really need to work this out, you know, Mm -hmm. before you commit to anything because financial issues are one of the leading causes and, uh, of divorce. And you certainly don't want to get into any type of mentally, uh, emotionally, verbally, physical abuse situation. Absolutely. if if He's been drinking. So I'm like, you really, really, really need to figure this out. Is he going to therapy? Is he not? What are you doing as a couple? So I think that there's um, things that they need to have to be very transparent about, and you know, limits have limits when they're looking at character issues.
0: Yes. Yeah. I I could not actually date when I was going through my divorce. I just didn't have the mental capacity for it, and I had mm-hmm. three kids, and I had full custody of them, and I didn't really. I didn't really have much time when I was without my kids. I had Mm -hmm. them probably 95% of the time. And so I just couldn't even wrap my head around it. But when I did start dating, I had no business dating. Like, I really... I really had no business dating. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't like, I just, um, I was a dating baby at that time. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, you know, but what was I thinking? What was I thinking? (laughs) What was I doing? I mean, I did have a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I -hmm. had a lot of fun um, in my 40s, but now I'm much more like intentional. Like it's very intentional. And, and, I can't even tolerate even a slightly red flag, like even if it's a little pink, I'm just like, whoa, whoa, no, okay, see you later. Like, you know, I'm just there's no red flags coming in my life, so
1: it's so different now. No, I love that. I love that you're like, oh, it's a shade of pink, yes, <laughs> and you're, and yes. you're out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Like I'm a happy person now. I, you know, I got my life together. I'm gonna um, keep it that way. <laughs> yes. So if there's any
1: sign of distress,
0: like the little the tiny little pink flag. I'm, I'm out Yeah, you're right. I'm out of there. No.
1: And that that's, but that's good because that's goes back to that intentional that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where everybody needs to be. And I did the same thing. I, um, did some online dating, um, before my divorce was final. And right after my divorce was final, I I did end up meeting a great guy. We dated for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, he actually lived with me for about a year with me and the kids. And I, I, it was seeing that day to day that I was like, I'm not going to settle. You're not my guy. I love you. And there's no red flags. Right. And there was no incompatibility. There was just kind of quirky things. And I'm like, eh, I could overlook that, but I'm at the point in my life that I'm not, I'm not going to overlook those things. And yeah, everybody comes with their baggage and you have to be able to unpack that together, you know, all of those little terms. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to know what, your line is. And I found mine and I was like, you're not my guy. I love you, but I need to release you back into the wild and to go find your person. Yes. Um, and, and that's the way I had to look at it. And, you know, we've still texted every once in a while, uh, back and forth birthdays, things like that, but it's been a couple of years and you know, he's moved on and I have too. And I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, agree. I did online dating too. And what a, what a, oh my God. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. It's that's so interesting right there. Oh my God. You know what I compare it to? It's like, it's like going to TJ Maxx and trying to find a, a blue shirt that goes perfectly with this exact outfit that you have at home. And you just have to go through all of that shit at TJ Maxx. You have to go through every shirt and you nothing's in any order. And that's what, that's how I compare online dating. But I have to say also that I've met some really, really great guys online Mm -hmm. dating that turned into friends. And then I could say are still friends to this day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's a, I don't think online dating is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely not for me anymore, but um, I don't think it's bad at all because I've met some really nice people doing that. I really did.
1: And I think that that you have to go into it with a little bit of an open mind and you have to go into it with a, a little bit of um, like some creative, you know, um, opportunities there. Like not everybody's going to be your love match, but you may find a friend out of it. Or, you know, I just remember seeing, I just see some of those pictures that mm-hmm. people would post. I'm like, you put a golf picture up with like four people. I don't know which one you are. Like, I know. Like I feel like my next stage of life is just to be like, oh, let's fix your profile. Exactly. Yeah. So your pictures could... are blurry. You've got your kids in them. Like it's just a hot mess. Oh my um, god,
0: we could do a whole podcast on on profile <laughs> pictures. I'm sorry. Like the sunglasses. Like take oh. your glasses off. The fish. What's with the fish? Like why am I only holding fish? I I thought that I should start baking loaves of bread and holding the bread up in my picture so if they're going to oh. hold their fish up I could hold my bread right. maybe well, cookies
1: or something we decided that it was the fish Machu Picchu and yeah. <laughs> 5k medals like the 5k running medals oh yeah the running but ones yeah, the, the yeah. dead fish are, are yeah. a killer um I'm like oh gosh that's yeah. terrible that brings me back that brings me back some time but um... yeah
0: it does it does it's so funny <laughs> Okay, well, let's end anyway. on that happy note. Um, I love that. I, I absolutely love what you do, Joy, and I think it's um, it's so beneficial to so many people. And I just want to get the word out there and share this with everybody because I think it's so valuable. But I have one last question, though, just a sure, fun sure. question. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could have anything in the world, like no limit, lim- no limitations, what would it be? Um,
1: you know what I would really love is like what an airline card, right? That's like a fast pass at Disney and I can go to the front of the line and it's free and I can just go hop on a plane and go, I want to go here this week. I want to go there this week. Like oh I God. really want that freedom to travel. Um, so yeah, I just want, I, I just want that free, like Southwest airline card and just be like, hi, I'm here. I just want to hop on this flight and off I go.
0: Oh, my God. Um, I want one of those, too. <laughs> right?
1: I don't, need, I don't need clothes. I don't need an expensive house. I don't need, you know, a ton of hobbies, like, stuff. I don't want stuff. I want experiences, like, culture yes. and food and people and lights and things to see. Um, I, I'm just in a different phase of my life right now.
0: I 100% agree with you. I feel the same way. I think you and I should start a single woman's uh, traveling club.
1: and they get to go to all the fun places we want to go to
0: exactly yeah yeah no I think that actually I belonged to a club like that once it was a while ago and then it was the woman who ran it was a travel agent for like a long time like 30 Mm -hmm. years or something like that and she knew all the little tricks and so she was setting up all these trips and then her Um, Before I could even go on one, I was like a newbie. Most -hmm. of the ladies in there were very well traveled. Like I was the only one who was like, like, once again, a travel baby. Like I, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. And um, but they were so supportive. And before I could even go on one of my first trips, her husband got sick and she wasn't she stopped doing it. And oh, yeah. And then it never happened. So I that I thought it was the coolest. It was, you know what it was? It was one of those meetup clubs. Remember meetup? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was one of those. It was very cool. So uh, maybe someday, but I like that. Um, That's one of my favorite questions to ask people when they come on the podcast because (laughs) some of the things people say, I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, oh wait, almost (laughs) always. I'm like, yes. Okay. Um, So how can people find you? What's the best place? Where do you hang out most?
1: So um, I'm on um, LinkedIn and Instagram a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are the two places um, that you can find me, the Divorce um, Divorce Confidant on Instagram. And I'm just under my uh, personal name on LinkedIn: Joy Bartholomew.
0: Okay, great, and I'll put those links in the show notes. Sure. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on, and um, I appreciate all the information that you gave me.
1: Yeah, of course. No, thank you so much for having me. You know, it's just I just love being able to be of service and help women through this process.
0: Yes. One last thing, though. You also have a podcast, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot. I I forgot about that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, um, I do. I have a podcast, The Divorce Confidant. Uh, I, you know, keep everything under one name. It just makes life simple. Absolutely. So uh, Divorce Confidant. And I just, I put out weekly episodes just to really um, go through divorce, co-parenting, and single mom life.
0: Yes. I can't wait to binge on that. Like I, I can't wait to go in there and binge on that. And I will also put that link in the show notes. So with that said, thank you for coming on. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Oh my
1: gosh. Thank you so much. This has been fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, it has been. All right. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks.